I'm Stephen Pythman. Welcome to Connections. Many familiar Christmas carols are British or European, but a surprising number began life right here in North America. In the next hour, the stories behind We Three Kings, I Wonder as I Wander, Away in a Manger, Go Tell It on the Mountain, and many more. Many American carols were written during a period of intense religious activism that stretched from the mid-19th century well into the 20th. That is the case with It Came Upon the Midnight Clear. It's based on a poem written in 1849 by Edmund H. Sears, a Unitarian pastor in Massachusetts, who begins with the Christmas angel's message of peace and goodwill and then laments our collective failure to follow through on it. The melody is by Boston composer Richard Storrs Willis, and despite its lilting three-quarter time, it doesn't steal from Sears' focus on humankind's deafness to the angel's message. In particular, the third verse, often omitted in modern performances, decries 2,000 years of wrong as humans war with one another and ignore the angel's message of peace. It's David Wilcox led the Royal College of Music Chamber Choir in It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, words by Edmund H. Sears, music by Richard Storrs Willis from 1850. 
Sometime later, British composer Arthur Sullivan set Sears' words to a new tune in straight 4-4 time. Philip Ledger led the choir of King's College, Cambridge in It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, words by American pastor Edmund H. Sears, with a melody by British composer Arthur Sullivan, most famous for his comic operas with W.S. Gilbert and the tune for Onward Christian Soldiers. The story of another carol with both an American and English tune begins on Christmas Eve in 1865, as Phillips Brooks stood in a field outside Bethlehem, where the Annunciation to the Shepherds was said to have taken place. He thought about that night often, and in 1868 finally wrote down the words that had been gestating in his mind. Brooks was rector of Holy Trinity Church in Philadelphia, and he asked his church organist, Louis Rudner, to set his words to music. And O Little Town of Bethlehem was sung for the first time that December. Soprano Eileen Farrell projects the poetry and musical setting with quiet dignity.
Eileen Farrell with the Luther Henderson Orchestra in the original version of O Little Town of Bethlehem, words by Philip Brooks, music by Louis Redner from 1868. Many years later, British composer Rafe Vaughan Williams set Brooks' words to a traditional English tune called The Plowboy's Dream. Here's a bit of that folk song performed by tenor Julian Stocker. I am the plowboy stout and strong as ever drove a team. Now three years since I slept in bed, I had an awful dream. I dreamt I drove my master's team with Dobbin, Bold, and Star. Before a stiff and handy plow as all my masters are. Vaughan Williams' setting to that folk tune has become the version best known in Great Britain and in Anglican churches around the world. Here, the opening verses are performed by the King's College Choir, Cambridge. It has been pointed out that Vaughn Williams' tune doesn't always sit well with the words. Well, that's understandable since he set the words to an existing melody, while the original American tune was composed to fit those exact words, pretty much one note per syllable. As with It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, the version of O Little Town of Bethlehem You've Learned most likely reflects where you were born and raised. While many Christmas songs refer to Bethlehem, few are as spirited as Go Where I Send Thee, an African-American spiritual that wasn't originally a holiday song, but became one because of the refrain that ends each verse. He was born, born, born in Bethlehem. Oh. 
The U.S. Air Force Concert Singers, conducted by Lowell E. Graham in a modern arrangement of the African-American spiritual, Children, Go Where I Send Thee. The baby born in Bethlehem is central to a very different American carol, which began life in 1882, when a women's magazine published the words of two verses under the heading, Luther's Cradle Song. No tune was provided, but an editor's note claimed that the words were written by Martin Luther for his children and asserted that the song is still sung by many German mothers to their little ones. That claim was entirely fictional, but the verses were set to music in 1887 by American James R. Murray. The Robert Shaw Chorale performed Away in a Manger, music by James R. Murray. As with O Little Town of Bethlehem, the standard British tune is quite different, except in this case it's by another American. 
Philadelphian William J. Kirkpatrick, a prolific writer of 19th century hymn tunes and now mostly forgotten. The Irish-born Kirkpatrick certainly did not intend his tune to become the British version. It just happened to catch on there first. The Royal College of Music Chamber Choir, directed by David Wilcox, in the 1892 version of Away in the Manger, music by William J. Kirkpatrick. Most popular in Great Britain, it adds the word bright to the line, the stars in the bright sky look down where he lay, plus a third verse beginning, Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay, whose origin is again unclear. Tracing the origins of another North American carol presents us with a cross-cultural conundrum. The song dates to well before the United States won its independence, when France and Great Britain were battling it out for control of the northeastern portion of North America. The Huron Indian carol was written about 1642 by Jean de Brébeuf, a French Jesuit missionary among the Huron tribe living near Lake Ontario although related tribes also lived in what is now the United States. The name Huron is French. The people, however, called themselves the Wendat, and Brother Brebeuf wrote the song's words in their language, then set them to a melody based on a traditional French folk song. He called the carol Jesus Ahotonia, Jesus is Born. Este yaron de tonue, Jesus aton hia. O na wade wadoki, nu andas quantak. Anu chan squachi hotak, nu andi rungra chata. Jesus aton hia. 
Jesus ahatomia, Jesus ahatomia. Alan Mills and the first verse of Jesus Ahotonia, Jesus is Born. The English lyrics to what's now known as the Huron Indian Carol were written in 1926 by Canadian author Jesse Edgar Middleton. Her words are charmingly evocative and include a Native American name for God, Gitche Manitou, although it's not a Wendat name, but Algonquian. Ralph Hunter Choir in the Huron Indian Carol, although just barely. What we have here is a French tune with an English title and lyrics, which have little in common with the original words in the Wendat language, which can be translated as, Have courage, you humans. Behold, the spirit who held us prisoners has fled. Do not listen to it. It corrupts our minds. There are other spirits, sky people, coming with a message for us. They are coming to say, Rejoice. Mary has just given birth. Rejoice. Jesus is born. The Huron Carol was intended to chronicle not only the birth of Jesus, but also the delivery of the gospel by European missionaries, who sought to replace the native people's own religious beliefs. Nevertheless, in Canada, many indigenous Christians have embraced the Huron Carol and sing it every Christmas 
in the original language. Although thoroughly composed, the Huron Indian carol has the quality of a folk song, but Go Tell It on the Mountain is the real thing, an African-American spiritual first made famous by the Fisk Jubilee Singers, organized in the 1870s to tour America and raise funds for Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. The group introduced many spirituals to the greater American public, but Go Tell It on the Mountain soon took on a life of its own and in the intervening years has been performed and heard around the world. The Robert Shaw Chorale. In a moment, the stories behind We Three Kings, Rise Up, Shepherd, and Follow, I Wonder as I Wander, and, yes, Jingle Bells. I'm Stephen Pythman. You're listening to Connections from Cap Radio. I'm Stephen Pythman, and this is Connections, today exploring the Christmas carols of North America. The three wise men of the Christmas story are often referred to as the three kings, although the Bible does not say they were kings or even how many there were. However, it's traditionally assumed that there were three, based on their three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that's how they're presented in one of the best-known American carols, We Three Kings. 
Published in 1865, the carol is the work of clergyman John Henry Hopkins, Jr., who describes the kings as they travel to Bethlehem, meditating not only on the infant's birth, but on his eventual death and resurrection, all of which have been revealed to them. The gifts they bring are symbols of those revelations, gold as a symbol of kingship on earth, frankincense as a symbol of deity, and myrrh, an embalming oil, as a symbol of mortality.
The Robert Shaw Chorale performed We Three Kings, written by Pennsylvania clergyman John Henry Hopkins, Jr. in 1865. The star the wise men follow to Bethlehem is the same one that appears to the shepherds in the African-American spiritual Rise Up, Shepherd, and Follow, first published as a Christmas plantation song in 1867. Rise up. The Atlanta Singers, in an arrangement of the African-American spiritual, Rise Up, Shepherd, and Follow. Another spiritual, Mary Had a Baby, is thought to have originated on a South Carolina coastal island sometime in the 19th century. Traditionally performed by a leader and a chorus, it's equally effective in this heartfelt solo version by Odetta. Mary had a baby, my lord. Mary had a baby, my Lord. Mary had a baby, Mary had a baby. Mary had a baby, my Lord. What did you name him, 
What did you name him? 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 She named him King Jesus. She named him King Jesus. She named him King Jesus. Named him King Jesus. She named him King Jesus. My Lord, now where was he born? My Lord, where was he born? My Lord, where was he born? Where was he born? Where was he born? My Lord, he born in the manger. He born in a manger. He born in a manger. Born in a manger. He born in a manger. My Lord, Mary had a baby. My Lord, Mary had a baby. My Lord, Mary had a baby. Mary had a baby. Mary had a baby. Mary Had a Baby was performed by Odetta. While clearly in the folk tradition, the song Sweet Little Jesus Boy was actually composed by Robert McGimsey and published in 1934. Born in Pineville, Louisiana, of white parents, McGimsey made it his life's work to learn, preserve, transcribe, and make accessible Southern African-American folk music. It was from that experience that he wrote his own Christmas spiritual, which even today is often listed mistakenly as traditional. Barbara Hendricks performs it unaccompanied, as the composer intended. Take 
Barbara Hendricks in Sweet Little Jesus Boy, composed by Robert McGimsey in the 1930s in the style of a traditional African-American spiritual. McGimsey made known his authorship from the start, but that is not the case with another Christmas song that musicologist John Jacob Niles claimed to have discovered in Cherokee County, North Carolina in 1933, and which he published in his Songs of the Hill Folk the following year. However, late in his life, Niles confessed that his published folk material ranged from merely edited folk tunes to fully original compositions. It's now assumed that Niles wrote this beloved carol himself. I wonder as I wander out under the sky How Jesus the Savior did come Jesus the Savior did come for to die. 
John Rutter led the Cambridge Singers in his arrangement of I Wonder As I Wander by John Jacob Niles. In I Wonder As I Wander, the singer ponders the mystery of God's grace for sinful humans like himself. Another American carol poses a similar question, but this time on the nature of peace. It's based on the 1863 poem Christmas Bells by American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Written on Christmas Day while the Civil War was raging, it depicts the narrator's despair as he hears Christmas bells at a moment when, in Longfellow's words, hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. In the poem's final lines, however, he hears in the bells the promise of peace. Christmas Bells was first published in February 1865 in the last months of the war, but it was not until 1872 that the poem was set to music by an English organist named John Baptiste Culkin. The Tabernacle Choir in I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, performing the first and last verses only, the most upbeat of the original poem by Longfellow. The 19th century version of the carol was long the standard, but today John Baptiste Culkin's tune has been usurped by one written in 1956 by American songwriter Johnny Marks. Many singers have recorded it, but Harry Belafonte's rendition allows Longfellow's words to speak for themselves, including the verse in which the narrator wonders if there can ever be peace on earth. I heard the bells on Christmas Day Their old familiar carols play Wild and sweet The words repeat Of peace on earth Good will to men I thought as now This day had come The belfries of all Christendom had rung so long the unbroken song of peace on earth, good will 
Harry Belafonte sang, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, words by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, music by Johnny Marks. The words, written during the Civil War, are similar to the sentiments of It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, which had been composed as tensions rose between North and South in the 1850s before the conflict actually began. It was perhaps that same wish for peace during World War II that prompted American musician and composer Alfred Burt to write a new carol each year for his family's annual Christmas card, beginning in 1942 and continuing until his untimely death from cancer in 1954. The Burt family carols, most with words by family friend Willa Hudson, include the Star Carol, some children see him, and perhaps the best-known piece, Caroling, Caroling, heard now in a performance by the Dallas Symphony Chorus, conducted by Andrew Lytton. final song is not really a carol, Christmas is never mentioned, but it's one of the best-known holiday songs in the world. It was published in 1857 by James Lord Pierpont, a somewhat successful Boston-born songwriter who was then living in Savannah, Georgia. 
Pierpont hailed from an evangelical New England family, and his brother and father were ardent anti-slavery ministers who continued to champion the cause during the Civil War. James Pierpont, however, remained a staunch Confederate. He survived the war, gave up his songwriting career, and faded into obscurity, except for the song that he titled The One Horse Open Sleigh. The original 1857 sheet music is dedicated to a music publisher who also owned a Boston music hall that specialized in minstrelsy, and where the song is believed to have made its debut, although in a far different form than we know today. Later versions by other authors made alterations to Pierpont's lyrics, introduced a new, simpler melody for the chorus, and gave it a new title. In this modified form, Jingle Bells became one of the most popular holiday songs ever written. We close with a lively instrumental version by Eugene Ormandy and the Philadelphia Orchestra. I'm Stephen Pythman, inviting you to join me again for Connections. Recording engineers were Mark Jones and Chris Feltz. Connections is a production of Cap Radio.